Hi all, and welcome to the podcast this week. Before I, I get into the podcast, I would like to read a statement that was submitted by Sojourney, who will be on the podcast this week. And I think she does a really great job of articulating exactly how most of us view our work on service learning and experiential education. I think community engagement has broadened my understanding of my community and other people's concepts of community. I think it's made me a more cautious, conscious and introspective person to understand my impact on other people's land, resources and overall community. It's also made me value history and how understanding a community's history is vital to understanding who they are and how they will view the engagement. So when I first read this, it made me so excited to listen to what Sojourney has to say, and I was really looking forward to doing the interview. However, life gets in the way, and instead we have Dr. Lynn Pelko taking over the interview from myself and Amanda. Now I'm sure you will join me in thanking Lynn for doing such an amazing job and really getting into the heart of what uh, Sojourney does. So I hope you enjoy the interview just as much as we did. Thanks and have a great week. Welcome, Sojourner from Wisconsin. I'm in Virginia. I'm so glad that you're here today with us. And I'm so excited to talk with you about all of the things you're doing from graduating recently, congratulations, uh, to your social entrepreneurship activities. Um, it's going to be a fun interviews. First, tell me what it was like to graduate in May of 2020. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, no one I know thus far has graduated in the pandemic. So we were, I was one of the first, I guess, <laughs> the yeah. first graduating class. Uh, but I mean, it was, it was different. Um, I was in Costa Rica when Corona hit the U.S. I was hoping I was going to get back before they closed all of yeah. the airports and the borders and stuff. And thankfully I got back literally the day before um, because wow, there was wow, wow, wow. no way to really change my flight or anything. Cause broke college student, yeah. I don't have money Dude. to switch to flights. So I was hoping for the best, but coming back, I mean, it was different uh, graduating a pandemic. I mean, there are better ways to graduate, but I did graduate. So that is, that, and you got life. employed. So yes. congratulations. Yeah, in the pandemic slash recession. So, you know. Superstar. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell tell me about what you're doing now. You are not in Missouri anymore. You're in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I moved back home. Um, I studied, so I graduated my master's in social work and my concentration was international development and I specialized in social entrepreneurship. So I love interdisciplinary things. Um, and ideally I wanted to go abroad again, but due to the coronavirus, I decided I should go home where rent is free and I can stack up some money and just kind of re recalibrate. So I'm a project and media strategist at Ubuntu Research and Evaluation. Um, Ubuntu. So, so yeah. what does Ubuntu do? Yeah, so we are a, uh, for lack of a better phrase, like we do a lot of racial equity consulting, mm -hmm. um, but it's not just implicit bias. It's not just 90 minute webinars to talk about race. Uh, we talk about like dignity and accountability and compassion and empathy. And it's also, we offer like racial equity assessments. And so it's more based in research and evaluation and 
culturally competent evaluation and those types of things in addition to the workshops and webinars around race. And then I also, I manage our social media. So we- Of course you do, <laughs> of course you do. So, so are your clients mostly uh, businesses or communities, uh, universities, all of the above? Yeah, it's a mix. Thus far, it's been primarily like education, so schools, more K-12 for my personal experience. So I know they have worked with higher ed in mm -hmm. the past. Uh, and now also like a lot of like healthcare organizations uh, as well is probably another big one. So those are the main two sectors I've worked with thus far. Right, right, right. When you came through as an undergrad and maybe in your, well, yes, in your graduate program too, because you went to Costa Rica, you got the travel bug um, and the service learning bug. Yes. So tell me some of the highlights. Yes. Yeah, so I studied abroad my junior, spring of my junior year. I went to Granada, Spain. So you speak Spanish? Yes. Yeah. I was a Spanish major in undergrad. Uh, so I went there to take all these classes around Spanish language and culture, but also to learn the language more. I had been learning Spanish at that point since the sixth grade. So I wanted to really just use it because you can only read so Aversion. much yeah. yeah yeah you can only read so much literature and stuff so I wanted to go and go and use it and part of that experience was volunteering so they had like a service learning component uh, and I went to a residential facility for adults with special needs for the semester I went there like once or twice a week uh, I was mainly there for like companionship <laughs> because they said, you know, some people don't have families who come to visit them as often. So they just kind of have students come in and assist with, I was like in the arts and crafts room. I was working with them, like exercise, like encouraging them to do it too. And just talking, uh, just talking to them. So sounds that, like you were responding to a community identified need. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, it was also a role for me, not as like a fluent Spanish speaker for people to right. know that I was in the process like learning it and so they're really patient with me especially some of the adults like they really take to the students so that was that was nice to have absolutely for both you and them i'm sure um so what was it like to be a woman of color traveling um in spain we're going to get back to that when we talk about your your instagram <laughs> yeah yeah so for me uh i obviously i was born and raised in the u.s so i knew race and gender in that context so it was the first time i was abroad uh, ever <laughs> and i had and i learned about race and gender and being a black woman in in spain for the first time and people asking me what part of africa i was from due to history and like slavery and the slave like i don't have that kind of knowledge that was a whole experience that I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for. I, I had never been asked that question. Uh, and at the same time, I would see other black women who would look at me like, oh, like, are you Cuban? Are you like this? And no one ever assumed I was from the US, which was the ironic part. And so I started speaking, or, oh, wait, you speak English. Like, are you, are you from the US? So there were those kind of questions that I got. And at the same time, it provided a lot of conversation statistically not a lot of black students study abroad and so even with my host mom talking to her about my life in the U.S. Uh, and my host sister-in-law uh, she was from Guinea and so her and I talked about you know differences in our experiences too so and there are a lot of questions and a lot of new experiences there was also really a lot, a lot of great intercultural dialogue around uh, race and ethnicity and gender for me. 
It, it sounds like um, some of these experience could really be brought back into the service learning classroom or the service learning study abroad classroom or even just the study abroad classroom. I mean, do you have some advice to faculty around those things? Yeah, so actually after I studied abroad, I applied, I created an internship for myself in my own study abroad office because I felt like I wanted to. Well done. <laughs> I, I offered his volunteer and they're like, oh no, we can pay you. So I mean, as an undergrad, I'm, I'm not gonna say no. Double well up, done. Yeah. Obviously it was a need they had. Yeah, it was yeah. a need. I was like, I wanna talk to students about not only study abroad, but also as like a black woman abroad. I just wanted to contextualize that experience. I felt like I went to a predominantly white institution and so it like race, is not a really big conversation at the time um, and I wanted to make sure that if we were sending students of different identities not just race but any identity that we were like preparing them uh, in a way that it's like hey you, this may happen to you and this is how you could respond but in the moment you don't you don't really know so for me that's kind of how I was able to bridge that gap but then it reminded me of service learning too because as someone who grew up with like my mom does a lot of community work and she has worked with students for years and so like similar to me being in Spain and navigating cross-cultural differences I feel like that happens in service learning a lot um, especially at higher institutions that serve predominantly white students and then they go into predominantly black and brown communities and there is a cultural difference there and so I saw a lot of parallels <laughs> between you know me being in this community trying to navigate the language and everything to you know some of my peers who would do service learning and would say it's not you know I didn't know what to expect there's a lot that goes into not only the project you're working on but also the people that you're working with so the interpersonal connection I saw like a lot of comparisons and similarities uh, between both experiences of course right you know but <laughs> but but of course that isn't always evident I think and certainly um, after we jump over to talk about your website and your um, Instagram and then come back because faculty might really want to introduce your work to their students um, around social identities and these boundary crossings and cultural communication. As far as like giving advice to faculty on how to prepare students and just talking about you know power and privilege and how that often influences service learning opportunities like when you think about who's doing the service learning it's normally predominantly white students going into right. black and brown communities and sometimes not fully understanding the context and the history especially of how those communities have interacted with researchers with service learning students with higher ed in the past and there can be a lot of animosity there uh, and a lot of sh culture shock honestly if uh, the students aren't aren't aware of you know how that community has been impacted by big research institutions coming in doing research doing service learning and then leaving uh, as well which is something that i've seen in my own experiences because with social work we have to we had to do two practicum or internships and so i we were exposed to a lot of that and they told us you know sometimes communities are a little hesitant to work with higher ed because of those experiences. So just keeping that in mind when faculty are preparing students, like that, that needs to be addressed in plain language. You don't need to hide it. You don't need to sugarcoat it. Just let them know there are power dynamics at play that, that we should be aware of. Yeah, I think it's great advice for service learning faculty to um, 
be very cognizant of the history of their institution with the surrounding community. You know, if they don't know what that is, they should certainly study up. And then, as you say, you know, just be straightforward with the students about what that is so that students can understand. Yeah, and just informing them of that history so that they know that this, you know, and nothing may happen, you know, like communities aren't just gonna like attack students, like that's not how it works. But there are those underlying uh, feelings that may be that may be there if this is like their second time working with students, you know, it can be, a, you know, I mean, honestly, as a former student, we're all we're all we're a little rushed. And we don't always plan well, so that can <laughs> not bode well for service learning opportunities. I can yeah. speak from experience. Um, so just, yeah, so just knowing that time management is also a thing that needs to be, needs to be addressed. And uh, yeah, students aren't perfect, but, you know, we're trying and we're, we're learning. Yeah, I, I, when I've taught service learning, you know, Clearly, you got to have some of those reflection assignments due in the early weeks of the semester so that <laughs> students have, you know, they don't procrastinate and they get, they get out there and start their working in the community early. Yeah, yeah especially because, like, you know, we're as students, we're guests in the community. Uh, and so just knowing that we don't have all the expertise and valuing the community's lived experiences, which is expertise, because they know how the issues are affecting them. So their voices should be prioritized over, you know, our own needs for a research project. Yeah, well said, well said. So tell us, tell us, tell us about um, Sojourneys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how brilliant is that? Your your mom was a a, a prophet in, in naming you Sojourneys. Oh yeah, she knew, she knew what, something I didn't, let me tell you when I was. Maybe you kicked a lot, she said, yeah. this girl's on the go. So let's play on my name. My name is Sojourner. I'm named after Sojourner Truth, who is an abolitionist and women's right activist. Uh, and so Sojourner needs to play on my, on, I guess, our name uh, as Sojourner. And I started it when I studied abroad in 2015. Um, that's when I first started. I mean, I wasn't a good blogger. I think I blogged maybe four times. It just wasn't, I'm like, I, I kind of want to experience it. But I've been writing since I was, I've had journals um, since I was a kid. So writing was, came natural to me, but then when I found travel, it was this whole other experience I could contextualize my writing through. And so I started Sojourneys, and then after graduation, I got a Fulbright Fellowship to go teach English in Spain. So I went back to Spain, and that's when I really kind of got into the writing more. Um, I started writing for a website called Las Morenas de España, which is Black Women in Spain. And so I was one of their contributors. And so even getting through that experience and understanding I wasn't alone, like there were other Black women, maybe not where I was living, uh, but just in general in the country. I went to one of their conferences. And so that really impacted me buying my domain and actually writing for real, I guess. Um, yeah, so yeah. Writing a lot, pretty much in 2017 regularly. In the midst of that, I did go to grad school, so I had to manage grad school requirements and needs and responsibilities with with having a travel blog. But um, but it's definitely turned into a lot more than I think I initially thought. Um, I recently started a series on my Instagram called Let's Unpack That. And so as a social worker, we talk a lot about social identities and race and culture and all of that and how that influences how we get access to different services, education, government, healthcare, even travel. And so I wanted to find a way to kind of blend my interests. Um, so I talk about stuff that we discussed in our international development classes, about like colonialism and how that shapes 
you know, what, how we move, uh, racism, colorism, all these isms, all the privileges. Um, we talk about ability status and all these other identities that we that we hold. So I share the whimsical fun things too. Like I stayed in a school bus last yeah. week at a little retreat in northern Wisconsin. But I love it. I'm like, I want to give y'all a little piece of like what I do as well. So I'm able to kind of be my whole self on my own platform, which is really nice. And I think it's just brilliant to, you know, these intersections of real serious topics that impact um, you know, every place you are, but certainly when you travel, mm-hmm. um, with the fun parts of travel that yeah. obviously I'm sure you love. Yes. Um, so I, I'm definitely recommending everyone who listens to this to go find you on online, sojourners.com and on Instagram, the sojourners. Yeah, it's at the sojourneys. Mm-hmm. At the sojourneys, right. Um, and watch the videos and, yeah have some of your wonderful insights into um, our social identities and how they impact travel, whether it's, you know, far out there um, across continents or right um, to the Northern part of your state to be in a school bus. So cool. So cool. Um, Well, in wrapping up, I just want to thank you and for letting me have this opportunity to get to know you a little bit. Uh, I've already surfed over and, um, I'm watching your your videos and uh, reading your blog. I think your future is going to be amazing. I'm going to keep my eye on you uh, (laughs) in the future. And uh, good luck with your adventures um, in Wisconsin. Um, It's and congratulations on your graduation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for thank you. We are so fortunate to have people like you out in the world. So thank you. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye.